Greetings dysfunctionals, Dr. Ernesto back with the crew for one of our end of the year conversations. As we wind down this dumpster fire called 2020, we tried to keep it on track, but honestly, like all of you, we are just over the whole thing. Our crew started meeting once a week sometime in March, and we've recorded a podcast every Wednesday for the last nine months. We've done our best to keep the topics about the Chicano Latino community, and this segment is no different. From the Virgin Guadalupe, to Pan Dulce, to cultural appropriation, and which movies you should boycott in the near future, we took a shot at all of the dysfunctions. This is The Reality Dysfunction. Ernesto Morales from Prescott, Arizona. Hey, this is Reiner Delgado. I'm in uh, Saginaw, Michigan today. Francisco Lopez, Inland Empire, California. Dan Sosa in Saginaw, Michigan. Carlos Hernandez from San Antonio, Texas. Juan Carlos Vega from Puerto Rico, but from Washington in D.C. right now. Maria Zavala Paredes from Northern Aslan, uh, also known as Michigan. Michigan. <laughs> All right. So I'm glad he's so leaving. Did he accept already he lost or not yet? Uh, no. No. He's never going to say that he, he lost. He, he's never going to do it. Never. Yeah. Wow. Damn. That's funny. Wow. A part of him a part of him probably doesn't think he had, he did lose. Like, probably. he got divorced from reality. Well, I was listening to the radio station here. I was driving the Latino station. So you get this full host asking letting people say foolish things on live radio right and then here you have these dudes just saying trump gano and they stole the elections from him and hold on on, jc are you sure that wasn't a a live broadcast of the uh, michigan legislature basically the same shit okay you know, just in Spanish, you know, but the same shit. A bunch of Latinos just coming out defending Trump and saying that, you know, and I mean, they're saying ridiculous claims. And then one senora came in and said, you know, these people are giving me a headache with all the estupideces that they're saying right now. And she was pissed. And I'm like, you go, lady, you let them know, you know, but it's insane how much like People still think that the dude, the election was stolen from him. Give that lady a chancla. Right. (laughs) You were like, there should be a superhero like that. You know, the Latina chancla, you know. Chancluda. Yeah. Instead of like, what is it? The web, he just throws a chancla and he nails some people (laughs) real good. <laughs> you know, so and her shield it is like in the form of a chancla and stuff, you know. You guys heard of Juan Carlos, have you heard the the podcast Latinos Who Lunch? Latinos what? Latinos Who Lunch. Who Lunch? Yeah. Check it out. Look it up. Cause I I've been listening to that one. It, it made me think of you, man. It made me think of you. But lunch has seen al- almuerzo. Yeah, like, almuerzo. Lunch, okay, almuerzo. okay, okay, okay. Lunch. Lunch. Lonche, okay, okay. <laughs> I like that Latinos who yeah, I, I was like, man, all right. Yeah, I'll check it out. <laughs> I'll check it out. Oh, here it is. They're cracking me up, man. Oh, that's They're funny. Cracking me up. All right, what do you guys want to talk about? So this is. A, go ahead. I was gonna say we can talk about. Uh, how uh, uh, La Virgen is the uh, product of the uh, Franciscans. 
in their attempts to uh, bring about the new millennia in uh, in the new world. Per Curly. What about Melania Trump? Oh, millennia. Yeah. No, there's this guy we know from here. Is it? Oh, he's from Albuquerque. Albuquerque. Named Curly. And he wrote a, a thing about tracing some information about the origins of the uh, the Tepeyac, right? Is that where it was? Yeah. It was, it was Tepeyac, yeah. The manifestation there on the shrine and all that. Basically saying it's a, a Franciscan con job. But what are we really going to talk about? <laughs> I mean, I'm happy to talk about that. I don't think it's totally a Franciscan con job, but there definitely were some things that play there. I didn't For read sure. the article, so yeah, he's not the he's not the by far the first one that's ever said that though. No, that's been no. That's I mean, been he, was pulling, he was pulling. Yeah, he was pulling on sources and stuff, and just saying. There's this whole account that was written late 1500s that talks about that whole thing. The thing I think that people really forget about that is that all of that happened 12 years after the uh, Spanish occupied Tenochtitlan, like after they had really occupied it. I think there's a lot more going on there. 12 years is not, that's Nothing. not very long to be under occupation by somebody. I mean, you're still well, thinking yeah. that you have a chance to take it back, I would imagine, after 10, after 12 years. I mean, I think it's really easy to look at it 500, 400 years later and be all like, oh, they were just trying to fool people. But I think that the the citizens of Tenochtitlan, I don't think the Franciscans were the only ones that were trying to fool somebody. That's what I'm trying to say. Is so, it? Yeah. There's a whole lot of fooling going on. Whole lot of fooling going on. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, you got to think about it. I mean, with what they were going through, even though it was 12 years before, fooling was a fooling, fooling people was a means of survival. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, when, when you have uh, Sahag, Sahagin or whatever, however you say his fucking name, Sahagin. Sahagin um, studying you so that he can burn heretics. Well, I think if you also take into effect that the war with the Yaqui didn't end until 1950, I think it's a little early. It's a little premature in, you know, the middle of the 1500s or whatever to uh, to call game over, right? Yeah. So I think a, a lot of that, and I don't think that Curly's doing this at all, it, but I think a lot of like European historians or whatever, like they try to act like it was like 500 Spaniards, you know, rolled in and they took over, you know, Mexico City, and and then that was it. You know, there wasn't like those other hundred thousand. Uh, yeah, enemies ever, of the uh, empire. Have you ever read American Holocaust? I haven't. You no. haven't. I read uh, a book. Is that standard? I forget who it's by. I mean, I can go get it. I, but uh, I know I got the cover I, in my head. I, I haven't read it completely because it's pretty bad. I mean, it's. I mean, like, no, it's. You know, you read something so intense, you're like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. But he goes into the into the depth of like what really transpired as far as what the Spaniards did in detail. And that's why he calls it the American Holocaust and Are the we, cost. Is that by right? Hold on. I got to look that up. I think it's by no, right. That, I think it's by right. It's not. Yeah, the yeah, book, that's, that, Ronald that's Wright. Right. Oh, that's Stolen Continent. It's called Stolen Continent. Con, so that's right. Uh, yeah. That one's pretty intense too. Yeah. But this one's even more so because like he doesn't pull any, and he gets into like details about how many had been lost, uh, you know, how, uh, the killing of children, you know, I mean, like all, all of that, you know, he doesn't pull any punches. I was just thinking like, man, Ernesto, game, game is still not over, man. Shit. 
think about the even the the Mexican uh, War of Independence, like 1820, right? I mean, that basically became an, an Indian army, you know, that also, you know, had black slaves. It was like uh, Africans and Indians yeah, just like rampaging across Mexico to free slaves. A lot of it was about freeing the slaves. Actually, a couple of years ago, uh, myself and Reiner and a whole bunch of other people, we went to the Knox conference in Guadalajara. And we went, and when we were there, we went to the uh, the governor's palace and they had on display one of the letters that Hidalgo sent ahead to Guadalajara. And basically in the letter, um, it just said, we're going to be there in four days. And if you haven't freed all the slaves by the time we get there, then we're going to kill all of you. And so I was like, all right, well, that's uh, there's no, there's no cutting around that one. Right. But then you think about, you know, even the Mexican revolution in, in 1910, I mean, that's it's basically the same thing, right? I mean, they're these huge Indian armies that are mobilizing all over the country, you know, to take back. Well, um, and then, and take then back of power. course, there's, there's Maximilian. Oh, yeah. Weird. I like, I like how they just executed his ass. That was pretty funny. I think the whole the whole thing with the French and them and inviting him to become an emperor and all that, I'm just like, what the hell is going on there, man? You know? Well, and promise from God, like, divine whatever i mean yeah, that's because, one place the mexico's one place the french just should not have come right <laughs> and they sent they sent the cousin of the uh, habsburg emperor but if they hadn't come man then we wouldn't have any pandulce that's true i mean, no, I mean you always get some, really you always get oh. some good out of it you, you can to the, the best French? the best French pastries in the world are made in Mexican bakeries, dude. Ah, okay. That. Okay. That's the truth. Dude, you know what I love about Mexican panaderias? We have a couple of them here in San Antonio that, that do it this way too, but most don't. But like how you go get your own, you get the big round, like the the, the little aluminum plate, and you just like put it on your own, and then you get them. I'm like, God, man, that shit is good. <laughs> that's because you buy more if you do it that way. Because <laughs> you just right? oh, I want one of these, you know? a couple of these, and some of these. <laughs> Two of those, five of those. I mean, where where would we be without Germans, man? Without German polkas, dude. You got beer in the accordion. I mean, yeah, no tigres. That's right. That's right. Remember the last day of the Mecha conference um, in East Lansing when uh, we had ordered all that pond for everybody, and then a bunch of those fuckers didn't show up the last day. We had all that bread to ourselves. Yeah, we <laughs> told them to half off. Yeah. yeah, that was some good bread. <laughs> i mean that was, that was from uh from when the bakery was still in lansing right the the old guy we ordered it through vargas in saginaw i don't remember oh, where they got it vargas? from yeah okay okay yeah yep. i just remember eating everybody eating a bunch of bread then <laughs> i mean where would we be yeah, without the without the lebanese man yeah. there would be no salma hayek right there'd be no salma hayek or Al Pastor. Al Pastor. Al Pastor, Al Pastor that's food, right. That big old trompo, that big old trompo. <laughs> <laughs> so much high. Oh, wow. Damn. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Salma, man. When you disparage Salma, yeah, you disparage shit. Frida. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are we going to starve on Frida? That's true. That's true. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean... So how she stole all of she appropriated uh native culture to her yeah. advantage. Right. <laughs> Who did? Who appropriated they, it? They're they're claiming that Frida isn't the 
the leader and person to look up to because she appropriated Native uh, women's uh, in Mexico's uh, culture and it wasn't her culture and she used it to profit from it. She took a lot of her art and, you know, uh, used a lot of the Mexican mediums to, to yeah. you know, just that she wasn't who she really portrayed herself to be. Ah, that stuff gets crazy, man. People, people are, that's out of control. I, I think it's out of, and it doesn't have anything to do with Frida Kahlo. I mean, I just think it's out of control. I mean, it's there's like, uh, it's like saying Selma is not Mexican because she's from Lebanese descent, but she was born in Mexico. She was raised in Mexico. She, she considers herself 110% Mexicana. I mean, you know. So are all her, all the movies that she made, all the, um, all the uh, Robert Rodriguez movies that she made, is that cultural appropriation? By some some definition, I'm sure. By Selma, I mean, she's culturally appropriating Mexican, you know, Mexican culture. How many times can you say culture in one sentence? Robert Rodriguez, uh, in the last episode of The Mandalorian. Oh yeah, he did. Uh, Yeah, 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 he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Yeah, he did. They needed a fill-in director, and he filled in at the last minute. And and as I was watching it, I was thinking to myself, "Man, this is a great episode." <laughs> I was just like, "Holy shit, this is a great episode!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Django Fett and Boba Fett um, appropriated Mandalorian culture. They yeah, were, they oh. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. It happens all over the galaxy, you know. No, Django so, Fett was um, a foundling. Yeah. So yeah. so this so the the one character who they haven't talked about. Kin Jangle Fett. But he happens all over the galaxy. That's yes, funny. he does. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I know I know. I yeah. It's terrible. It's terrible. Well, I mean, you know, uh, appropriation. It's terrible. I what do you want the topic to be? Oh, I've been recording this whole conversation, you guys. <laughs> Are you kidding me? This one's going to be great. This is, I don't know who's going to listen to it, but I think it's fucking hilarious. So, yeah. The problem with that damn appropriation is like, it exists. It's true. It's real. We know it does happen. We know that it, there is such a thing. But then you got people going way too damn far, and then they, they it diminishes legitimate um examples or things that occur that are appropriation it's like went a little too crazy with that i mean i would argue from a a cultural theorist perspective if you don't have cultural appropriation then your culture will die the only way for a culture to thrive is through cultural appropriation i don't know about that man really well i mean there's you know there's this really famous essay by James Baldwin, it's it's uh, title is something like if uh, black English ain't a language, then what is it? And basically, what Baldwin Baldwin says in the essay is that any sense of coolness that exists in the United States only exists because of black people, oh. right? And I can't really, I can't necessarily argue with with no, what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, it's 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 inevitable when you put two people next to each other. I mean, even if they don't speak the same language, the first thing they're going to do is try to figure out how to talk to each other, right? I mean, they're going to start learning each other's language immediately, and then they're going to, you know, 
start taking on aspects of, of that other person. I mean, we, we are, we are the greatest mimics on this planet. We mimic everything that we see, the way that people talk, the music, we see something that we like. I mean, it's, it happens, it's it happens between couples, right? Between oh, couples, oh, yeah. between families, you know, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, one family, you know, you don't stick to one family. You end up bridging the two families, uh, traditions together. And I mean, Really, if you think about it, as brown people, we're probably a lot more, <laughs> this is going to be, I know people get really mad when I say this sometimes, but I mean, we appropriate white culture a lot more than white culture appropriates our culture. I mean, you don't have to say it like that. You don't have to say <laughs> There's no need to say it like that, okay? <laughs> But I mean, you know, we just all celebrated Thanksgiving. We're getting ready to celebrate Christmas. You know, we're good little Christians. I mean, you want to talk about frauds, man. I mean, yeah, man. Uh, I got it. Right? Go. When, when's the last time we had a, we had a, when's the last time we had a good flaying, right? Uh, I mean, who danced around in someone's skin last? <laughs> well, You've never done that. Well, telling secrets now. What are we right. telling secrets now? Great call. Great call. I did play some maracas. You know, I'm not gonna lie. You know, I did play some maracas when I was talking to my aunts on the phone. On the were phone. they made out of human skull? No, oh. higueras. They were made. They were made in Puerto Rico. So you know. So you see, I don't need social media or what is it? Would you say well, main culture, pop culture, to keep my traditions alive? I, yeah. I, Drop that shit and, you know, go for it, you know. Yeah. But I think it's a really interesting topic because if we're talking about nation building. Nation building is also a big foundation of it is culture, right? And, and holidays and celebrations and things like that. So um, I think that we do need to caution people about, you know, being very careful about who you're talking about when, when they are misappropriating um, culture. I think that it, it, it all it's all dependent on capitalism, using it for capitalistic purposes, right? Well, yeah. You're appropriating then, you know, and you're not using it to advance that culture, then you're misappropriating. But if yeah. you're, you know, appropriating some culture aspect of that people in the benefit of that people, but then how does that, what does that look like, right? So mm -hmm. but it's, a, it's a really, it's a really good topic. It's a dicey because to me, it's always about the power dynamics. I mean, that's what I think it has to do with. And also appropriation kind of like uh, a culture. At one point, the power said that culture is it's backwards. It's crap. It's got nothing of value. It's in, And then later on, that same oppressor culture will be like, hey, we can make some money off this. Taco so, Tuesday, baby. Taco right, Tuesday. Well, wait, there we, is. We love, we love tacos now. Right, we all, love, of a sudden you, all of a sudden you can eat tortillas now. <laughs> They're delicious. And then I think it also has to do with like it also has to do with like um like uh not giving not giving credit to the culture that created it. Kind of like, oh, we just we just discovered it. They're just they're always discovering things, right? They just go around discovering shit. And, and like when you like when you make wraps and, and don't want to call it a burrito, now it's a wrap. That's not oh, a Lord. Yeah. I've heard I've heard that said about uh breakfast burritos in Austin, Texas. They invented the breakfast burrito and white people invented it. And I'm from San Antonio, so don't talk, don't get me started. <laughs> don't with be Austin. talking shit. Yeah. No, no, don't get me started with Austin because 
Remember, this is the, this is where uh, on uh, I don't know if it was the New York Times or some national thing, some maybe it was a national like cooking magazine or something was like Austin, Austin, where the breakfast taco was invented. Yeah. It was like, oh man, Lord, okay. Yeah. What do you say, Juan Carlos? Issues. Issues. Those are real issues. Those are real issues. Those are real issues. Let's talk about them. I was like, uh, those are are millennia old, actually. Uh, I'll tell you the weirdest thing I ever saw is I was in I was in Austin, uh, actually, which I suppose it's not really that surprising that I saw something weird there. And uh, Magda Sanchez, who's been on the on the podcast with us a couple of times. She was like, we're going to go see this band tonight. It's a cumbia band. They're like the best cumbia band I've ever heard in my entire life. Blah, blah, blah. She's like really like jacking these guys up. And so we get to the place where the they're, they're, the show is at and, and we have to go upstairs. And I hear the band and the band sounds good. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, this is going to be fun. Like, when, you know, everybody's going to be dancing. We're going to have a really good time. I got up there. There was nobody dancing. There was just this cumbia band at the front of the room rocking okay putting it down and a room full of white boys standing there watching them play <laughs> and i was just like what is going on here like this is some weird ass shit right now but that was yeah that was it it was it was issues a, yeah issues. i had some, i had some issues that night I was yeah. and like, you were in, and you knew you were in austin yeah uh, right? were they appropriating our cultures well the guys that were playing were um they they were Latino, the guys yeah. that were playing. But so I just think what so I mean, what is appropriation to you guys? Okay, so I had an experience this past year with uh, my cousin's wedding. You know, Phineas's cousin, Uncle David and Alicia, their daughter, Melissa got married to the Macias in Lansing, right? And they had a mariachi band out of Flint, and they're great. They're a great mariachi band, right? And they had a redheaded uh, white boy in the mariachi group. And I was like, damn, what the hell, you know? But they were jamming. You sure, they jammed you sure he wasn't uh, one of the Irish dudes? Oh, I know. He's white. <laughs> he was white. And they let him sing, you know? And he sang like, he sang an American song. I can't remember what it was, but he blew it up. I mean, he played an instrument. So, I mean, is that appropriation? I don't think it is because he's advancing, promoting that culture. I mean, what do you guys think? No. No. What? No, there's I another mean, guy out here at uh, Compton, uh, African American. They call him the Compa Negro, the Compa Negro, right? And he he's got a nice following. Sings in Spanish. Is that a culture appropriation? That's a great title. Well, but go back to what Maria said, right? If 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 you're really representing the culture and moving it forward, you know, in whichever way that may look like, right? I think that when you know you know, beyond the cultural aspects of music, music is really universal and dance is universal, right? So we should not feel like, you know, even though it's kind of funny sometimes to see some of these white girls trying traditional, you know, African and Puerto Rican dances and they're really trying to dance the bomba and the plena, you know, I give it to them. They're really trying, you know, and I don't want them to be performing. I don't want them to be now then, you know, but... 
they're trying and I think that there's a level, there's some appreciation there. And, you know, again, like Maria said, if they're moving the culture forward in a positive way, then go for it. I, I want to see black people doing mariachi. I want to see, you know, South Asian people dancing bomba and Puerto Ricans doing whatever the white people do, you know? So, I mean, how, how do we make it, you know, in a way that people feel like, okay, you know, I'm not from there, but, you know, I'll do my homework. I understand. I don't, I'm not going to look like a fool with a big old sombrero as a white man trying to sing mariachi right we you know you got you want to adjust with that right so i don't know i kind of see it positive as long as you're doing with respect you learn you educate yourself on that you know i dropped a, a link in the in the chat box and drake bell from the show josh and drake he just recently changed his name to drake campana sorry drake i can't even so all of a sudden can't speak spanish or read spanish drake campana and he's moving to Mexico and he's starting to sing in Spanish, even though he's not Mexican. But he said. Well, he said, Maria. He said what, Maria? <laughs> he said what? <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> Y'all froze up, girl. Like, froze up for real. Yeah. Hey, well, this is an issue. Oh, that, um, it's an issue on me, too, right? <laughs> Because the bar was being attacked also as not, as being appropriated, right? And here were these Chicanas coming back in, trying to get this bar going, and they were being targeted by the community and Vida, right? You're talking about Vida, yeah, yeah. There's a difference between appropriation and uh, and appreciation, you know? Mm -hmm. And you can, you can tell the difference. I mean, one is gives props to the culture as it being from from that particular culture. It's a, they wait in kind of, um, they don't just bust in, you know, they go, they walk respectfully within it. You can just tell, I can tell when somebody is doing it out of an, a, an appreciation. And then when someone thinks they can just go in and take shit, even though it don't belong to them, mm -hmm. don't give any respect to the culture that, 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 uh, that it sprung from, uh, do it in a kind of a mocking way sometimes. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can just kind of, or, or, and then tries to economically profit from it as well without yeah. giving any respect yeah. to, to the culture. I mean, you can kind of just see it sometimes. You know, you can be like, and I, it's usually like, uh, like I'll see something and that'll offend me. And then I'll see something maybe in another way and it doesn't offend me. And it's because I can tell. One's coming from a healthy respect for the culture mm -hmm. and it's kind of approaching it with humility. And then another one, just an arrogant, almost always white man. <laughs> I mean, you know, that, that arrogance in there. Um, and I, I think, I think some people take it too far and they think anybody who delves into another culture, it has to be appropriation. And I'm like, nah, man, there's there's nuances there. There's mm -hmm. there's details in there. Sure. You gotta be able to know. Cause we all have a right. I mean, we all, you know, like Ernesto said, I, I believe that. Like <clears throat> cultures take from other cultures all the time and then reframe it, reshape it, and kind of make it their own. I mean, we got the accordion from the Germans, but we Mexicanized it. Yeah. You know? True that. Did you guys hear what I was saying? Did I get dropped? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Just you right, up right on the line moment. Yeah. Oh, man. 
I was talking about this Josh and Drake guy um, that he is moving to Mexico and he has this credencial and, and, and everything. And he's the reason I don't know how much I talked, but the reason that he's moving to Mexico and speak and singing in Spanish, um, they think is because he um, he he has charges filed against him for domestic violence from his girlfriend. Um, and so he feels like he's not going to be uh, remake himself in this country. And so he feels that he'll be successful in Mexico. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was strange, really strange story that he, the reason he says that he's adopting the Mexican culture is because he was raised in California all his life. And he really um, has an appreciation for, for Mexico, Mexican culture. So I don't know. It was just uh, something that was out there and I thought I'd share. I mean, I don't know. I grew up with a black stepfather and black cousins and a whole huge black family. And I mean, I have a very big appreciation for black culture. You know, I, I, I can see it. Right. It makes sense. I mean, but, you know, but are you feeling charges? I'm not black. So you're if, not. No. <laughs> <laughs> and for all the listeners that are out there, I, I'm not black. Just in case I've, I've had. Yeah. So it's a. Uh, you know, but it's, I think it talks about it's really interesting story, because for me, when we're talking about nation building and, and uh, unifying forces with other like minded individuals, it maybe he's doing he's not doing it for the right reasons, but it's possible. Right. It's possible for ha to have people join whatever nation it is that we're thinking of building or whatever nation we're thinking of transforming into. Um even though this is kind of a messed up story for what it, the way it originated. Um, and, and we're talking about cultural appropriation. So individuals, I think, who, who, who culturally appropriate for not-for-profit for themselves and, and not to um, diminish that culture, they're doing it. And it's kind of helping our cause, I guess, towards being a Chicano nation or uh, development, developing a more... Chicano consciousness or, uh, you know, um, bringing attention to disadvantaged communities and other, uh, you know, causes like the Puerto Rican cause and the Cuban cause and all these causes, right? I don't know. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, it's like the difference between uh, Bobby Flay, you know, who, who cooks with a lot of chiles, a lot of like things, and Rachel Ray, who came out with... Uh, oh, no, she got busted. <laughs> she got busted big time. La Senora was so pissed. Vieja oh. cabrona. Did you see, did you see the uh, pasole that uh, Ina Garten made? Or no, no, it wasn't pasole. That was, that was uh, what's her name? Rachel, Rachel Ray. Rachel Ray. No, the yeah. tortilla soup that Ina Garten made. I was just like, what the hell is that? Damn. I'm glad they're getting busted, these ladies, for doing just... You know, but you know, I was looking, I don't remember where, I think it was YouTube, and I see, you know, I'm not, I watch some movies, but you know, I'm not really into movies. I, I'm more into Star Wars, right? So here comes a movie. Have you all heard about The Marksman with Liam Neeson? You know who Liam Neeson is? Mm hmm. I don't remember what movies he's been. He's been a, he's a white dude, American. He's been on just a million movies. He's a white dude. Movies are, I'm going to track you down and kill you. Right. That kind of movie. So he, this cabron is now his new release movie. It's called The Marksman. It comes out in January of this year. 
And this is what the story is about. The guy is a rancher in Arizona who wants to be left alone, right? And all of a sudden, he wit he's also an ex-Marine shooter. So as you say, it's all about shooting, right? He witnesses how a mom and their kid are trying to fucking cross the border and the mom gets shot by the coyotes, right? So here comes white man Liam Neeson, right, to save the, the migrant kid trying to, like, cross the border. And the white man gets him safe all the way to Chicago or something like that, okay? <laughs> and he goes out of, through the U.S. Customs and Border Patrol stations while the cartel is following him and shooting him. This can we can I, can we boycott this movie? Can we just boycott this asshole? He this guy is gonna make a lot of money out of using you know the reality of people crossing the border, and then he he reminds me of Uma Thurman fighting the Japanese mafia, right in Bill Kill. That white girl just whoop all the all the all the Asian people out. So here's gonna come the other white savior, white man, and whoop the entire yeah cartel in Mexico, so that he can save you know the the white kids. So you want to talk about appropriation, and you want to talk about crappy shit of people's realities and perspective. Let's boycott this motherfucker. Liam Neeson comes up with the marksman, January 2020, just like Latinos for Trump. Fuck you, man. That that's what I'm talking about. That's cultural appropriation, right? Yeah. That's yeah. that's when the shit is all twisted and fucked up and you're just like, what is going on here? Right? Right. Let's yep. let's be real. He would have uh he would have called Border Patrol and been like, You gotta come get these people off my Yeah, mind. exactly, exactly. And he's shooting the cartel and the cartel. It's like, oh my God, why why can't why are we still doing this in twenty twenty one? We but- talked about this plenty, you know. <laughs> it's the same old I mean it's it's one of their favorite themes too, you know. It's uh it's white man saves brown woman from brown man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's evil, exactly evil, it. Yeah. Evil cartels, you know, these I guarantee you they're going to be some swarthy Latino mm-hmm. cartel members. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, Liam Neeson's going to go in there and save the all white dude. All white dude. He's as old as Biden almost, you know, and he's saving it. Michael Chiclet Chiclesses. He's starting in a movie called Coyote, and he's a white guy, and he used to work for, like, DA or police, I don't know, and now he becomes a Coyote, and it's all about all that cartel stuff, too, and it's, uh, I think it's being released on Hulu, um, mm. but yeah, it's um, it's just Coyote. And I, I bet, sorry, Maria. No, go ahead. No, no, no. Netflix. It's on Netflix. Um. I haven't seen it, but it, the premise of it is that he's trying to save this young, I think, Guatemaltecan woman, woman, and uh, young lady, and he's trying to cross her over the border. Again, just like the white man savior syndrome, yeah. um, and Uma, Uma, the Uma th- syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. I got a twist on it. So, have y'all seen? Y'all know? Y'all, you're familiar with Tenoch Huerta? The actor, yeah, yeah, dude's dude's badass. Um, but have y'all heard that new, a little bit of a somewhat of a controversy because he's going to be cast in, uh, or they're looking at it's probably going to happen that he's going to be cast in Black Panther, Black Panther 2. 
And uh, supposedly he's going to be like a bad guy. Well, what oh. is that? Is that? A, I mean, they're not trying to make him the Black Panther, right? No, 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 no. He's a. He's gonna. It seems like he's gonna be the villain in Black Panther Two. Cool. And uh, he's gonna make him the villain. Yeah. So some is that what the controversy is about? Is that he's the villain? A little bit. Yeah, because uh, it, you got to check out actually his story. Uh, he's a he's a pretty good he's a pretty good dude. yeah. He's a, He's a pretty bad. He's badass, actually. And uh, supposedly people were giving him hell, I think, mostly actually in Mexico. They always give him shit in Mexico because he's real moreno. Right. Yeah, he's and, right. He, and, and he calls out the he calls out the the colorism and the racism mm-hmm. in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And so he's talked about how he always gets cast as uh, as the villain because he's the moreno, like in in uh, in Mexican cinema. And that shit, man, he, he said how when he was coming up, even his. Uh, like he asked a, a, a director or something, or a, uh, one of the guy, one of the owners of the production companies or whatever, one of the high ups. Like, how come I'm always cast as the Moreno? How come I'm always cast as the villain? And the guy told him, "Was because you're a un Moreno feo, un feo Moreno." Like, and so you're the villain. So the controversy is kind of coming. Like, some people were giving him shit in Mexico. Like, you always complain about being the villain. But now you'll take a, a role as a villain in Black Panther 2. Well, that yeah, because kind of I'm about to get paid, motherfuckers. That's yeah, why. Yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll be bad. I don't care. Yeah. I'll do it one more time. I'm not forever. One more time. I'll yeah. do it one more time. And after that, no more. Yeah. So, yeah. As long as I get that paycheck. What's up? Well, but I think I think he's been fighting for a while, right? As Carlos was saying, that he's, you know, a, a dark-skinned Mexicano, you know, and and he's been fighting to have roles that are not necessarily associated with his skin, right, color. And then, you know, ha, it's a struggle. But it's the same struggle that every, you know, most actors of colors have had to struggle to get to regular whatever roles or roles that are not stereotypical, I should say. I, I think he's a pretty good looking dude, man. Yeah, he is. He's yeah. fine. He's fine. That shift. seems to be that seems to be the consensus. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. shift uh, topics. Have you guys heard that the California is moving to do uh, stock exchange on their water? Yes, what? it's trading. It's a Francisco uh, posted that article. Water is trading. Yes, on the New York. I was Stock like, exchange. what the hell? Man, oh, yeah. we're, yeah, we're people are trying to argue about cultural appropriation. We're about to be out of water, yeah. guys. Y'all need to wake up, man. I mean, movie? seriously. We, we all might be water? moving back to Michigan, huh? It's all desert. Right? And no, I'm sorry. Water. You rescinded your uh, rights. We need Uma. We need Uma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uma and, and, and Nelson got. And, 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 and Liam. Uma and Liam to defend us. You know, protect our communities. Woo. I mean, Pinche Liam needs to <laughs> That's we'll funny. build a wall, right, Reiner, on the southern border. Keep these southerners out. That's right. <laughs> okay, especially, especially people from Indiana. Okay, wait a minute. What movie are we boycotting? The All Martin of them Frank. that have white men acting. What's like his name? Um, <laughs> Liam Neeson's. The Marksman. The Marksman. Yeah, The Marksman by Liam Nelson. Okay. Yeah, right. by 
Pinche Liam Neeson. Okay. <laughs> Let's be clear. In some controversy, too, and trying to defend the fact that he called somebody uh, the N-word a oh, while yeah. a little back, too. So he's a controversial. The whiteness is real. You know, for, for a while, I liked Liam Neeson uh, uh, because this was before the controversy you're talking about, Maria, because, like, I think the dude's originally from Northern Ireland. You would think. Or Scottish or something. Yeah. He's Irish. I think he's originally from from Northern Ireland, and uh, he did some pretty interesting stuff in regards to that. I mean, he should, I think that part of it is like he should know better, right? Because he's, he comes from, you know, people that have been pressed their whole life. So the funny thing is that I used to like him because he was in Star Wars, right? Um, what was the, he's he was Obi-Wan's um, master. Um, oh, that's right. I don't remember his name. So I, I liked him because, you know, anything Star Wars I like, so whatever, you can't go wrong. But dude, you've done a lot of stupid shit, but this is like the dumbest one of all. The marksman boycotted, just like let's boycott Latinos for Trump. But it's like a conversation we were having uh, that Todd mentioned that, you know, the, the settler colonial mentality is that they're pro them, right? They're not unnecessarily. So he's it's the same thing in social movements, right? I think that they're always pro themselves, not necessarily pro us. Um, you know, uh, the, the LGBT movement always has represented the white version, yeah. the white narrative. Yeah. Um, not necessarily the the color the uh, the LGBT uh, story of the colored LGBT community. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and that I think that's the same thing with Liam Neeson. I mean, he must have been he was what he did, and he did it in for his people, right? Chingens at all of them. Yeah. Hey, believe it or not, that was forty five minutes. Oh, should, right. Yeah, we should probably probably go let it go. That was actually uh, that was actually a lot of fun. When I was closing the door and where I'm at so that I could have, you know, I get loud and there's other people having meters. And I said, let's just go talk some shit right now. And I closed <laughs> the door and that's kind of what it was. So I appreciate that. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I appreciate that. This is the reality dysfunction. 